Welcome to Be Ye Hearers. It's a podcast of St. James's Episcopal Church in Richmond, Virginia. Well, I thank John for giving me this opportunity to preach on this gospel passage because as we were getting vested, all the other clergy were saying, boy, I would have loved, I love this passage. Hillary was saying yes, and John says, oh, and that part about when Jesus, when the devil returns at an opportune time, boy, that was, that's, a, that's a great sermon. And you'll hear a little bit about that. And, and then we all talked about what are those great temptations that would come for us that the devil would say, how about this or how about that? It's a great sermon. I mean, it's a great passage. Do you think giving up chocolate helped Jesus in the wilderness? You think disconnecting from Facebook for 40 days helped him face into what he was going through? You think deciding to only read um, good books, that's right, there are no books at the time, um, maybe just took his Bible, that's right, no Bible, um, no food, giving up alcohol, no, he was... 40 days fasting, drinking water. You and I are so connected to everything in this life that we have disconnected from the one for whom we need to be connected. And that's what Lent is all about. That's what church is all about. Lent comes for us to remind ourselves and to remind each other that this is the time that, as the Ash Wednesday service says, it's the time for us to be reconnected, to prepare for those who are going to be baptized and for any evil livers to have them repent and return, to be reconciled, to always be reconciled to the Lord. And so Lent is that, Lent is that time when we're getting ready to prepare for the Paschal Feast, to see the great gift of God in Jesus Christ and, and his death and resurrection, which we celebrate every Sunday. Every Friday is a little Good Friday, and every Sunday is an Easter feast to remind us that, that we have been given eternal life, that we have been reconciled, we have been marked, as I said before, as Christ's own forever. That is what all this is about, and we kept repeating it, repeating it, and repeating it, that we might be able to hear it Jesus was able to use, as we would call from Ephesians, the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. He is the Word of God. And so when the devil, it's kind of like when my sister and I used to play cards, played war. Remember how you play war? You know, you throw a card down and somebody throw another card down. So the devil throws this one down and Jesus says, whack, throws this one down. <laughs> how does he know all that stuff? Well, we say he's the Son of God, of course. You know, he's, he's God. He's also human which is what we celebrate, the incarnation, that God became flesh. But take a look at how he grew up compared to how you and I grew up. What games did we play when we were kids? Cowboys, G.I. Joe, all that stuff. For him, what did he grow up? Maybe David and Goliath. Maybe Samson pushing down the temple. Maybe... Moses and standing up there and holding his arms up that the sun stood still so the Israelites could, could wipe out another tribe. There was no music other than the Psalms. 
So he, you know, the community rehearsed the Psalms. All that was enmeshed, so you become part of that. What songs do we, what songs do we repeat when it comes to the t- tough times? Uh, we don't have that that he had. So it's not that he was the, just the son of God. It's just that it was part of his growth when he grew up. All of this is just enamored from him. You believe joy comes in the morning, as the psalmist says. You believe that God is, is our shepherd and guides us. I mean, all that. Do we, do we believe those psalms? Then for me is when I was called to be the rector of St. Peter's in New Kent back in 1990, went down and, and visiting parishioners throughout New Kent County, you have to cross the main railroad line several times. And in New Kent, it's a little bit backward, a little bit backward. Um, Nancy and I, we kept our separate names. She needed to because her parents were living on a sailboat and she had power of attorney to try to convert all that was a little bit too much. And so New Kent's little count, and they say, well, you're married. And I said, yes, yes, you know, mine's Wigner, she's Hine. And I said, I kept my maiden name. And they said, oh, okay. Now, I don't have a maiden name. <laughs> but you say it like we tell the acolytes, if you're going to do it with authority and everyone think you're right. <laughs> so when crossing those railroad tracks, most of them in New Kent are not the automated kind. So those of you who have taken your driver's license know that what do you have to do when you get ready to cross a railroad track? You have to stop, look, listen. You can take a chance and zip across. But it may not be that slow coal train coming down from West Virginia. It could be something faster. And Lent for me is that time of stop, looking, and listening. All that we offer for you this time in Lent at St. James's is to help you reconnect to God, to hear again that still, small voice above all the din and the stuff that we hear. I mean, silence is a gift, and we rarely have it. And so all that we have is that, is to be able to stop, look, and listen to what God is trying to say to us. That still small voice that Elijah spoke about. And to be able to hear it. Lent for too many of us, what happens is that we start to do the chocolate and everything. We Well, it's a good time to lose some weight, this and that. That's not what Lent's about. For me, it's kind of, it reminds me when we go back to the right one, passage of morning prayer and it says devoutly kneeling devoutly kneeling means that we move from a three point position to a two point position it means that you take your bum off the pew and you kneel with just your knees you haven't heard that one let's start a confirmation class when I went through we talked about devoutly kneeling meant that you kind of went up on your knees and you got you know you started to really get into kneeling which meant that as you were off balance, you didn't hear all the rest of what's going on. Lent is the time that Paul, in his letter to the Philippians, says in chapter 2, verse 12, Therefore, my beloved, in fear and trembling, work out your own salvation. 
And what that means is for you and I, we have to develop our own practices of prayer, our own practices of how to listen to the Lord. If God doesn't make every snowflake alike, why does God make none of us alike? And so we need to be able to, for ourselves, what works for me? What is it that I need that helps me to resist the devil when the devil comes and offers me temptation? Because the devil will. And as John said about that opportune times, he comes back to Jesus. He comes back to Jesus when every time the crowd wants to make him a king, it'd be easier, go ahead, make me a king. I don't have to go through the death and resurrection on the cross. He comes again when he's in the Luke, when he's in, in Luke in the garden of Gethsemane, when he's praying, if it be thy will, you know, can you take this cup from me? But if it's your will, I'll take the cup. The devil comes at those times. And we need to, as I say, we need to be able to figure out what it is that we need for our own faith and work on that, our regimen, our development. It's one of my favorite stories, and the Bible study has heard this time and time again. A year after graduation, I went back to Virginia Seminary because I wanted to hear the commencement speaker. It was John Coburn, and some of you may have known John Coburn. He's fortunately singing with the angels now, but he was the president of the House of Deputies for years, wrote numerous books in the Christian life, and he was often asked to run for bishop, and he struggled with that. I mean, he would have been elected bishop, bishop, bishop. He was well-loved, well-respected, one of those great, great people, pillars of the church. And during the commencement address, he said, no, I worried about that. Should I be a bishop? Should I not be a bishop? I went to my spiritual director, who was a monk. And he said, he said I'm really struggling with this. This, this is my temptation. He said, should I, should I be a bishop or not? And, mon- and the monk chuckled. John said, it's no laughing matter. I mean, I, I'm, I'm struggling with this. Should I be a bishop or not? Does God want me to be a bishop? And the guy laughed. And John said, so this, is, this is serious. And, the, and his spiritual director says, John, John, God doesn't care whether you're a bishop or not. God only wants you to be faithful. And that's what you and I are about in this Christian life, to be faithful to God and to hear God's voice, to follow Jesus Christ, And quoting from the Old Testament, from Micah, you know what is required of you to act justly, love mercy, walk humbly with our God. And doing that, that is our regimen. And being faithful, we can resist the devil. Amen. Thank you for listening to Be Ye Hearers. For our full worship service, go to doers.org live. To learn more about St. James's, go to doers.org. We hope you've been touched by the Holy Spirit today. We look forward to being your companion on your spiritual journey.